Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Go to John 3.16. While you're turning there, let me tell you about a story of a, of a gentleman who came into the pastor's office, not my office, but into a pastor's office some time ago. He and his wife had decided it was time to get a divorce. They'd been married a number of years and just wasn't working out. But before they did it, they, they just kind of wanted the blessing of the pastor. And so he came in to speak with the pastor and said, uh, Pastor, uh, my wife and I are going to get a divorce. Just wanted you to, to give us counsel and, and give, me, give me wisdom. And, and the pastor didn't do what the man asked. But the pastor looked at the man and said, Listen, the Bible says... You're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. The man said, Pastor, I I can't do that. Jesus died for the church. I'm not about to die for that woman. You just, I can't live with her. And the pastor said, okay, well, let's take it back a step. We'll get there, but let's take it back a step. The Bible also says to love your neighbor as yourself. The man said, Preacher, you've not lived with her. I I don't even want to be neighbors. I I love her like a neighbor. No, there's just no way. The preacher said finally, all right. The Bible says love your enemies. Let's begin there and move forward. (laughs) Well, this morning I want to talk about love. And the good news about the love that I want to talk about is God loves us unconditionally. There's There's not a plan B or a plan C. It's all out love that God loves. And so this morning, what I want to do is look at, look at one verse of Scripture. It's the most famous verse of Scripture in all the world. You see athletes put it on their shoes. We see people spray painted on, on uh, bridges and overpasses. We see people in crowds holding signs up that say, John 3.16. Why do they do that? Because it is the gospel in a nutshell. It is a reminder of the greatest love anyone could ever experience. And so this morning, that's what I want us to talk about. The gift of love. We can't go any further in talking about the gift of love than John three sixteen. And so what I want to do this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor the reading of God's word. It's one verse, so what I'd like for us to do is to, to read it together. You'll see the words on the screen, so let's just out loud together, we'll say this one verse. You ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him. I remember, I remember why I don't like to read out loud with everybody when I did that. That's just never my favorite. Let's do it one more time. This time I'll pay attention to the words. Because let's be honest, how many have memorized this verse? Yeah, and we've memorized it in a variety of different, uh, you know, if you, maybe some of you are King James, and I did the uh, begotten son, that's King James. You know, and then I, so I picked the NIV this morning thinking that was the safest, and I just blew it, all right? So we'll do it again. Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You may be seated. What a great verse. So let's talk about this greatest love. 
This morning, here's the big idea I want you to catch. I didn't put it in your notes, so you may want to take this down. God has given us the greatest gift of love people can ever experience. He's given it to us. The greatest gift we can ever experience. Eternal life with him. If we'll only receive. Catch that. If we'll only receive it. The greatest gift. And unfortunately, there are moments in people's lives when they begin to think that God couldn't love me enough. If you only knew what I have done, God wouldn't love me. Friends, let me tell you this morning, God loves you. He loves you so much he gave his one and only son. So what I want to do this morning is I just want to look at each, just the majority of these words. And I'm going to be honest with you. This isn't my outline. This is somebody else's. I've heard this a number of years. Uh, I've heard it a few times and I've just thought, what a great way to talk about God's love. And so Let's just unpack that. So let's talk about God. We've got to begin with God. He's the greatest provider the world has ever known. He's the greatest provider. When we begin to talk about God, we God's love. We've got to understand who God is. Now listen, when you receive a there is a <laughs> it's just those days. When you receive a gift, you begin by thinking, who in the world gave me the gift? And based on who gave you the gift is your, your response to the gift. I mean, think about it. If you're at odds with somebody and they get you a Christmas present, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to slide it and ask somebody else to open it, aren't you? Because you're, you're not sure what's about to jump out of that box. If you and someone are not getting along, you're afraid to open the box as to what's in it. You have that reaction. If you get a gift from somebody you don't like, then you think, well, they're just trying to make up. They're just trying to get over on my good side. They, they can't admit they're wrong. They're just trying to, to make men's. So you already have a, an idea about the giver of the gift. But if you get a gift from somebody you love, what do you think? You immediately begin to think how much they love you. That they would take time and energy to, to shop and find a gift for you. God's the greatest provider. He, he is the one who's given us the greatest gift. He's done that not because we earned it. Not because you deserve it or I deserve it. He's done it because that's who he is. Romans 5, 8 tells us this. But God proves his own love for us and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Christ died for us. So the greatest provider is God. Second word in the verse, loved. God loved. God loved the greatest passion we can ever experience. Love. Love makes people do crazy things, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. When you were in love, what did you do? 
when you were dating your spouse, how did you respond? What kind of love did you exhibit? I, I did a little research this week and thinking about what's some crazy things people do for love. Uh, one person, a uh, female, she, she said, I, she was 24, she said, I, I loved my boyfriend so much he kept talking about blondes that I dyed my hair blonde. Said, I left the beauty shop, I was a brunette, I left as a blonde, 30 minutes later I went back and had my hair colored back to a brunette and decided, ain't no man worth changing my hair color. <laughs> read a story about a guy who, who loved his girlfriend so much that he bought her all the big items she ever wanted. He went poor, but he kept buying her all sorts of stuff, and yet she left him. Uh, love makes people do crazy things. Love, love makes people do strange things, but not, not God. He loved us so much, showed the greatest passion, gave his one and only son. One and only son. That's how much he loved us. 1 John 4.10 tells us, love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's not what we did. We don't earn that. Here's the news. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God loved us enough. God loved us enough. So God so loved, the next words are, the world. The world. God so loved the world. The greatest potential. He didn't just love one group of people. He loved us all. Now we read the Old Testament, we know that there was a chosen race. Jews. When Jesus comes as the atoning sacrifice for our sins, he comes for all people. In other words, it doesn't matter what race you belong to, what color of your skin, what your past is, what you've done, God loves you. It's the greatest potential. We see that displayed at the cross when we see the thieves. We talked about those not long ago. And the one who said, remember me, those two words. And Jesus replied, today you'll be with me in paradise. Greatest potential, the world. So the greatest gift, the greatest passion to the greatest potential, the world. First John 2, 2 tells us, he himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not only ours, but also for the who, church? Whole world. In other words, there's nothing you can do that God won't love you. But you don't know my past. No, but God does, and he still loves you. You don't know how I've hurt people. No, you're right, but God does, and he still loves you. It's the greatest potential. Family may disown you. Friends may turn their back on you, but God never does. He loves you that much. The love that he has 
is for you, no matter what you've done. Which leads us to the words he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's the greatest proof. You want to know how, you you know, we we live in a world that we always want proof. Show me you love me. How, How do you love me? Show it to me. We show it by buying gifts and doing small things and, and just kind of of little things. You, you know, if you're married, you, you know those things that, that reveal that your spouse loves you by, by the things that they do. God gave the greatest proof, his one and only son. There's never other... No other deity, no other gods that people thought of ever gave their son, but God gave his one and only son. It's a reminder of what Abraham had to do with Isaac when God called Abraham to take Isaac to to the altar and put him on the altar and sacrifice him. Do you love me? And then then he provided for Abraham and Isaac. But God, in this moment provided for you and I, provided for us. He gave his one and only son. What greater proof do we need that God loves you? If you're here this morning and and you're on the fence as to whether or not you believe in God, the question I would have to you is, what greater proof than God giving his one and only son If you have a child, think about giving up a child for the world. Would you do that? God did. It's the greatest proof. Romans 8 tells us, he did not even spare his own son. Catch that. He didn't even spare his own son, but offered him up for us. That's what he did. That's what he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The next words are his only, and if you are in the King James remembrance, begotten son is what we would say. But his only son. Again, a reminder of how great that gift is. It's the greatest present. I mean, think about all the presents you've ever received. I mean, this week we, in our family, we, we kind of did our Christmas list for, for people to do some shopping, and, and, and each one of us had to say, oh, I, you know, I, I, this or that, whatever. Socks, underwear, that's what Drew wants. Yeah. Um, but the greatest present is Jesus. Jesus. That's the greatest. Gave his only son so that we could have eternal life. The greatest present. What other gift do you have that's worth more than that? What other gift do you, have you ever received that has given you more than what Christ can give you? That God loves you so much that he that he sent his one and only son. It's the greatest gift you can ever receive. The question is, do you receive that gift or do you turn your back on that gift? Galatians 4 tells us this. 
when the time came to complete completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. Adoptions. You may not understand that. That may be something foreign to you. But in our family, adoption is a big deal. For you see, in our family, our son is adopted. And I'll never forget that day standing in that hotel in Guatemala City waiting in, in anticipation of Drew to walk in that door. Well, he didn't walk. He was carried in five months, you know. He wasn't an early bloomer, but he came in. It was the greatest gift I could ever have been given as a child. He became ours. We think about God's only begotten son, his only son. It, that is the, the idea of adoption, that, that we are no longer an alien, but we are God's children. It's the greatest present we could ever receive. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes. Now, here's, here's my favorite word in the whole, in the whole John 3.16. I mean, all of them are great. But whoever. Do you know what whoever means in the Greek? Whoever. Anyone. Whoever. Means, means it doesn't mean only those who rise to a certain standard. It means whoever. It means everyone you lay your eyes on is another person that Christ died for. No matter what their background is, no matter what they've done to you, Christ died for them. Whoever. It's the greatest privilege for you and I to be called the whoever's in Christianity. That we belong to God. Are you a whoever? Do you realize that Christ died for you? That you are a whoever? That's the greatest privilege. Romans 10, 9 tells us, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what church? You will be saved. The one who believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and the one confessing with the mouth results in salvation. In other words, there's no secret to this. It's whoever believes. Whoever believes. Pam and my brother went to college together at Georgetown. And Lee was in the uh, fraternity. And they have this secret handshake. I don't know what it is. But occasionally, I'll meet, because over the years, some of those guys and I have become friends. I've served on, on a church staff where they were members of, friends with Pam. And occasionally, one of them will walk up and, and give me a handshake, and it's like, what in the world? 
you know, and it's like, oh, I forgot you're not a part of the fraternity. You don't know. Yes, and please don't ever do that again. I don't even want to know how y'all came up with that. But when it comes to God, it's whoever. You don't have to have a secret handshake. You don't have to have a secret code. You just have to believe in your heart that God sent his one and only son, that he died for you. That's what it means to believe. Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. It's the greatest promise. Perish. When you think about perish, well, we know what that means. Uh, Scripturally, we know that that means punishment. We know that that means there's going to come a day we'll all have to give an account for our actions. And that means that there'll be some of us who he will say, depart from me, I know you not. And and, and if that's you, you will spend a life in torment and torture. Do you know what that means? It means there's coming a day where either we know Christ and he's our Savior or we don't. Shall not perish. It's one of those things that we, we, we have in our mind that we, we don't want to be in trouble. We want that moment in our life where, where we're rescued from the punishment. And there's only one way to be rescued from a punishment. And that's through Christ. Romans 3.23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Punishment is coming. And the only way we can get past punishment is through Jesus. It's kind of like when I was a kid. My brother, who's 16 months younger than I am, always got me in trouble. I never did it on my own. It was always him. If you believe that, I got some property, oceanfront property down in Glasgow I want to sell you. But Lee and I always got in trouble. And one of the famous things we were famous for was, Mom, please don't tell Dad. Right? Mom, please just don't tell Dad. Because here's what would happen if we told Dad, or she told Dad. We promised we would never tell Dad. But if she told Dad, there was always a punishment. There was always a punishment that my dad was going to dish out. Now, in today's culture, some call it beatings, but I, I, I don't see it as beatings. I just call he, it was just a whooping. In fact, my fondest memory of my father in my early age was him bouncing off the wall trying to get his belt off to spank us. Why? Because we had done wrong and there was punishment. But as kids, we, we understood that if we could convince mom not to tell dad, we wouldn't get a whipping. Listen, there's no convincing God. You deserve it and I deserve it. But he said, I'll send my one and only son. He'll pay that price for you. He'll take the beating. He'll take the whooping. If you'll trust me. 
if you would give your life to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's the greatest possession anyone could ever have. I don't know what you value the most in your, in your life, but the greatest thing I have is my faith in Jesus Christ. For you see, all these things in this world will, will pass away, and all that will be left is my relationship with God. It's the greatest possession anyone could ever have. It's eternal life. 1 John 5.13 tells us, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Life is the greatest possession. It's the greatest thing you and I can ever have. But understand this, as Jesus told him in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to uh, only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life in abundance. Eternal life is not something, our faith in God is not something that's off in a distance, it's something that happens right now. It's twofold. It's A, eternal life and worship with God, but while we're here, it's life in God in abundance. In other words, while we're living on this side of eternity, he wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to give us a life that's everlasting, that's in abundance. The greatest gift of love came through Jesus Christ, that God sent his one and only son so that we can have life eternal. Now look at me this morning. When you leave this place in just a moment, you've got to make a decision. Because there are people in this world who, who, who will try to say, you know, I've never been told that God loves me, that God sent his one and only son to die on a cross for me. You cannot say that. You can't leave this room and say, I've never heard that Jesus loves me and that he died on a cross for my sins. You can't do it. There's no excuse. So you're going to be one or two people in just a moment. In just a moment when we sing, and we have our invitation, you're going to respond one or two ways. You're going to respond by saying, thank you, Jesus, for the greatest gift I've ever received. And that's your son, Jesus Christ. Or you're going to respond and say, I still don't believe. And when you do that, you have to admit you've heard the gospel and yet you've chosen to ignore the greatest gift anyone has ever received. You can't walk out and go, I don't know, I don't understand, because it's just been plainly put out in one verse. That God loves you, that God gave his son for you, that if you believe, you receive eternal life. There's no other choice. For me, at the age of eight, I came to the place in my life and realized that. Now, I understand, at the age of eight, did I understand everything? No. 
Does that mean I wasn't saved? No. It means I was saved. But at the age of eight, I knew that I was a sinner and I needed Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And from that moment on, my responsibility has been to grow in Christ. Sometimes I've not done very good, I'll be honest. But that doesn't mean God doesn't love me. That didn't mean I wasn't saved. It just meant that I needed a repentance and turning back to God because I've taken my eyes off him. So this morning, the question is, are you, have you made that decision? Or do you need to make that decision? If you're here and you've never made that decision, I can promise you it's not a secret handshake. It's not a secret code word. It's only you saying, I believe that, God, you love me. I believe that you sent your one and only son. And I know I'm a sinner in need of saving. I deserve what I get. But I'd rather have you. That's all it is. Put your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. Listen, if you've never prayed a prayer of salvation, let me, there's no magic words. So remember, if you don't say it just like I say it, it's okay. It's what you mean in the heart. If you've never prayed a prayer of salvation, would you just repeat this if you're ready to receive Christ? Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes, and I deserve everything I get. But the Bible says you sent your one and only son to save me. And today, that's what I want you to do. To save me from my sin and from myself. And let me live for you. Friends, if you've prayed that prayer this morning, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to just come to the altar. There's some of you in the room I know need to pray that prayer.